1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Tervita Fourth Quarter Results Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in listen-only mode, but following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during the call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. Also note that this call is being recorded on Friday, March 5th, 2021. And I would like to turn the conference over to John Cooper, President and Chief Executive Officer. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, Sylvie, and welcome to Terbita's Conference Call for the fourth quarter of 2020. Joining me today is Linda DiChi, our Chief Financial Officer, and Rob Dawson, our Executive Vice President, Strategy and Corporate Development. During the call today, we will make forward-looking statements related to future performance, and we will refer to certain financial measures that do not have any standardized meaning prescribed by GAAP. The forward-looking statements reflect the current views of Turbida with respect to future events and are based on certain key expectations and assumptions considered reasonable by Turbida. Since forward-looking information address future events and conditions by their very nature, they involve inherent risks and uncertainties, and actual results could differ materially from those anticipated due to numerous factors and risks please refer to our continuous disclosure documents as they identify factors which may cause actual results to differ from any forward-looking statements and identify and define our non-GAAP measures. Well, this morning we will review our results for Q4 2020, followed by an update on our outlook for 2021. We are very pleased with Tervita's strong fourth quarter results which reflect both the ongoing improvements in our energy service business and the diversification provided by our industrial service business, combined with our continued focus on driving efficiencies across the business. Our disciplined focus on executing on commercial customer strategies, managing costs, and achieving business efficiencies drove a three percentage point increase in Q4 adjusted EBITDA margin, excluding the Government Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy, or Qs, to 37%, despite a decrease in revenue. With this positive momentum exiting last year, we are very well positioned to capture upside in the energy sector recovery while continuing continuing to grow our industrial service business. Along with our solid results, I would also like to highlight our commitment to ESG. On the safety front, in 2020, our total recordable injury frequency was 0.8. We continue to focus on improving performance, and our goal is always an injury-free workplace. On that note, I would also like to thank our employees for their excellent commitment to safety, especially in light of the additional COVID-19-related challenges we faced last year. Our 2020 sustainability report will be published this summer and will build on our inaugural report that we uh published last October. We have made additional accomplishments in all three areas that we are very proud of and not to get ahead of ourselves but some of our highlights include we baseline scope 1 Greenhouse gas emissions, and set a performance target of net zero emissions by 2050. We also set a goal to complete baselining scope two greenhouse greenhouse gas emissions in 2021. We established a dedicated internal multi-stakeholder team called Operational Excellence to support our operational teams in assessing and implementing new and existing technology. And ideas to improve our on our own and our customers' environmental performance. In addition, we initiate, initiated an operational excellence project to find more environmentally sound options for internal water management, with a focus on leachate. And two options for leachate were selected and evaluated for implementation. Initial trial results for evaporation technology showed environmental benefits by being able to return water to the watershed that was previously destined for disposal. The trial also showed some potential for carbon footprint reduction. The follow-up trials are scheduled for later this year. On the customer side, we demonstrated for another year that we are a valued partner in helping our customers achieve their environmental and economic Sustainable, sustainability goals by a couple things, four things, bioremediating 14,650 tons of contaminated soil for beneficial reuse, safely disposing of 3 million tons of contaminated soil, recovering over 170,000 cubic meters of crude oil from waste and production, And finally, recycling 79,400 tons of scrap metal. On the social and governance side, we established five new indigenous nation partnerships or relationships to build our total to 20 across Western Canada. We increased the percentage of women on our senior leadership team to 37, 38%, excuse me, we added an ESG goal and measures into our 2021 corporate priorities, which are linked to compensation incentive plans. And we developed and implemented a five-year ESG strategy, which includes, of course, short and long-term goals. We recognize that our ESG strategy and associated targets are fundamental to our journey and reporting process. At Turbida, we believe sustainability is an opportunity to create long-term value for all stakeholders and to foster longevity for our company. Linda will now walk us through the key highlights from our Q4 and year-end results. Then Rob will review our capital plan and program, and finally I will move into our outlook for 2021. Linda?
3: Thanks, John. As John noted, our Q4 and full year 2020 results demonstrate the strength of our business model against the backdrop of a challenging market environment. Our continued focus on profitability, market share growth, and actions to reduce costs was evidenced in our results. Adjusted EBITDA of $54 million and $208 million for the quarter and year were down only 8% and 11% respectively as our business continued to strengthen through the year from the abrupt slowdown in the first half. Importantly, adjusted EBITDA margins, excluding Q's, remained strong for the year at 33%. In energy services, Q4 divisional EBITDA of $47 million decreased 22% from the prior year, driven by decreased drilling and production volumes, reduced crude oil pricing, and marketed oil revenue as well as the exit from our U.S.-based operations. However, divisional EBITDA margin increased 7 percentage points from the prior year to 59% due to our strategic cost optimization initiatives and returns from growth capital investments. Energy marketing revenue in Q4 decreased 40% from the prior year to $250 million, primarily due to oil price declines and reduced oil marketed oil volumes, which were 23% lower than last year. In industrial services, Q4 divisional EBITDA of $11 million increased 10% from the prior year. These results were driven by the continued benefit of business optimization and cost savings initiatives, as well as improved ferrous metals pricing, in spite of lower revenue associated with lower event-based activity. Divisional EBITDA margin improved by 4 percentage points to 20%. We continued to be eligible for the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program, or QS, that the federal government introduced to help employers protect jobs. Trivita recognized $5 million in Q4 and a total of $30 million in 2020 related to the program. We will continue to monitor our eligibility for the program, which was recently extended to June 2021. For the full year 2020, we generated 79 million of discretionary free cash flow, down only 11% or down only 11 million over the prior year. I will now pass it to Rob to discuss our capital program and liquidity position. Rob?
4: Thank you, Linda. Uh, with respect to the capital program, we managed very prudently our 2020 capital budget in response to the market environment. Uh, we had additions of $16 million in the quarter and $60 million for the year, in line with our revised guidance and in response to the pandemic and market declines—a 57% reduction from the previous 2019 additions. Capital additions primarily focused on completing our pipeline-connected water disposal facility in the Montney, increasing water disposal capacity in other regions, principally northeastern BC and southern uh, Grand Prairie area of the Montney and increasing our blending capabilities and expanding existing landfills. As well, we continue to purchase industrial equipment in support of incremental long-term customer back contracts and continued our regular maintenance program. We've also advanced our growth in the industrial services business in, in the fourth quarter with the acquisition of Mainline Industries, a specialty contractor primarily, primarily servicing the rail services, excavation, and pipe jacking industries near Winnipeg, Manitoba. This business complements our metals recycling and rail services businesses um, in the the central and western prairies and provides a platform to expand our market share and geographic reach. Importantly, the acquisition was both accretive and delivering for Tervita, and we continue to look for these kinds of opportunities in 2021. In 2021, we are taking a measured, disciplined approach to the allocation of discretionary free cash flow between the focus area of delivering projects within our growth capital pipeline of opportunities. We have increased our hurdle rates, particularly cash payback and our rationing growth to prioritize a plan to deliver our balance sheet. We intend to execute on select high return growth opportunities as they arise, with a focus on growing the industrial services side of our business. Based on current market conditions, we expect our capital budget will be in line with last year 2020. And Importantly, we do not need to spend any new growth capital to fully participate in the economic recovery post-pandemic. Turvita continues to work with customers to meet their needs in a time of tight capital discipline and further assist them in maximizing the value they receive from our services. We believe our ability to offer customers a full suite of waste and environmental solutions is a competitive advantage and will continue to leverage this aspect of our business as we look for ways to support our competitive strategy, including increasing market share and growth within our industrial services business. We increased market share substantially in 2020 in wastewater and industrial services, and we will continue to exercise capital discipline while remaining responsive to opportunities and market changes, and may revise our capital plans accordingly. With respect to liquidity, we enter the year in a solid financial position and we remain focused on financial di- discipline and balance sheet strength. We ended the year with approximately $180 million of liquidity consisting of cash and unutilized capacity on our new credit facility. During the fourth quarter, we successfully refinanced our existing senior notes with a combination of new senior secured notes and a draw on the amended and extended credit facility, enhancing our ability to reduce debt with free cash flow and manage interest costs. With our successful refinancing behind us, continuing to take our leverage levels down to levels that will further strengthen our financial position is a top priority. I will now turn it back to John to address our outlook for this year.
2: Thanks, Rob, and thanks, Linda. The strong performance we saw in the fourth quarter demonstrates the strength of our business model. We are well positioned for success as the economy continues to recover. Looking ahead, we expect this positive momentum to continue. Our energy service business is strongly underpinned by ongoing production in the Western Basin, which has recovered quickly with the majority of previously shut-in volumes having since returned. On our industrial service business, which is less exposed, the upstream oil and gas industry rebounded strongly in the second half of 2020 it continues to provide strength through non-energy diversification. This past year, we have proven our agility to respond to the market and adapt our business to keep our people safe, reduce costs, capture market value, and protect liquidity. I am incredibly proud of the many significant milestones we achieved in 2020, including advancing our strategic priorities while strengthening our balance sheet increasing profitability, and generating meaningful, discretionary, free cash flow despite the very challenging environment last year. Looking forward to 2021, we expect our strong performance in the second half of 2020 to continue. Assuming an economic environment, which includes the ongoing stability of energy pricing, combined with general economic and industrial activity improvements, associated with a steady reopening following the pandemic-related shutdowns, we anticipate adjusted EBITDA excluding queues in 2021 to exceed 2020. Current commodity prices could provide some upside to that forecast should activity levels fall current price levels. But it's early days, and as we saw last year, changes can happen very suddenly. We expect growth in our profitability be, to be largely driven by the strategic steps that were taken last year to streamline and right-size the business in alignment with our priority of being the top-choice environmental waste solutions provider. Some of the drivers of our year-over-year growth include strong performance in both our energy services and industrial services business in line with our expectations of economic recovery. The full-year benefit from the $31 million of structural cost-saving initiatives we instituted immediately in response to the downturn. The continued benefit of the commercial, organizational, and cost strategies implemented in our industrial service business lines. A full year of operations at our pipeline-connected water Montney Water Disposal Facility that has been fully operational servicing producers since Q1 of uh, last year and our mainline acquisition that we completed in December 2020, and actively working with customers through the early stages of the well, abandonment, and site rehabilitation program. Also, we will continue to implement our continuing to run the business better strategy looking for and executing on opportunities to reduce costs, improve efficiencies, and ensure all open and operating facilities are generating positive cash flows. I would like to close by thanking our employees for their extraordinary efforts and dedication during the unprecedented environment over the past year. I'm extremely proud of our people, demonstrated resilience, and adaptability while continuing to deliver top-quality environmental waste management solutions to our customers under very challenging conditions throughout 2020. That concludes our prepared remarks. We would be happy to now take questions.
1: Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please slowly press star followed by one on your touchstone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And should you decide to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you're using a speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star one now if you do have any questions, and your first question
0: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
5: Uh,
6: Good morning, everyone. Um, Apologies apologies if I uh, missed this in the release, but for
7: 2021
6: CapEx, can you clarify how much would be for maintenance, how much would be for growth, and what uh, some of that growth uh, might be?
2: Yeah, um, you're a little bit – it's John here. How how are you doing, Cole? I think you're a little – little uh can't quite hear it i think what you asked was what's our 2021 capital you know guidance growth versus maintenance is that correct yeah okay all right um as we said our total 2021 capital guidance number is about flat to last year so that's 60 million dollars inside of that our maintenance program is about 25 to 30 more into the 25 range than 30. so inside of that growth initiative look the first thing is um we will as we have indicated we are going to be prudent financial managers with our discretionary free cash flow to the allocation first to debt repayment then to accretive growth projects that we are certain certain that exceed our hurdle rates so not all that capital growth capital is committed but we do have some on the dockets that would be, and I'll give you some highlights. The first would be customer-backed in the industrial service side, which paybacks are under a year and a half. In BC, we're going to expand a a landfill cell expansion to capture that increasing LNG market there. And there may be a tie-in for a well as we move through the year. So that's either way to us mathematically. It's win-win, but we are... You know, it, uh, we're indicating to the market that it's going to be flat year over year, but your know, expectations that it'll be less than that. Does that handle it there for you, Cole?
6: Yeah, that's uh, that's perfect. Thanks. Um, and as well, industrial services gross margins, uh, they've been pretty stable at call it 10 to 11 million uh, per quarter. Is it fair to say this is kind of a reasonable baseline run rate going forward? So call it 40 million of segment uh, gross margin per annum.
2: Well, we, uh, to be candid with you, we expect it to continue to grow over that. As, as you know, we've indicated in the industrial service side that, you know, the economic driver is g- generally GDP. However, we have far exceeded that in the last four years. And through the combination of our, what I'll call, organic plans, whether, you know, improving business processes, lowering costs, gaining more customers, all that sort of thing, consolidating sites, uh, and through very selective, accretive acquisitions, we actually
6: expect it to be more than what you talked about.
7: Okay, perfect, that's helpful.
0: And then
6: uh, just touching on mainline, um, are you able to quantify uh, what uh, range, what you think the EBITDA contribution might be as well? Do you see yourself pursuing other uh, similar acquisitions as the year continues?
2: Um, well, I'll start off and then Rob will hand, handle it and uh, uh, handle the additional questions. Um, first of all, we are always pursuing all sorts of strategic a- a- acquisitions and tuck-ins, so that never stops here. Uh, I don't know if we want to go into too much detail about what, what the Avida is, because those those people are now part of the Tervita plan uh, family. So, But Rob, do you want to add some
7: more?
4: You know, I think overall, just given the demographics of the, the individuals we're talking to, privately owned and very small and regional you know we're able to buy these small tuck-in you know in that three to four times trailing EBITDA range and with 2020 as a trailing number that's also giving us some value and then our synergies and plans for them mm-hmm. um, at a minimum usually give another term to that if that makes sense. Um, so so and then it's obviously accretive um, you know from a cash flow uh, EBITDA
5: and all per share basis. Okay, that's Uh, that's all from me, I'll turn it back. Okay, thanks Cole.
1: Thank you. Next question will be from Matthew Weeks at IA Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
6: Uh, Good morning, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, So I was wondering first on the US dollar notes, in terms of we're seeing you know, a depreciation of the US dollar relative to the Canadian dollar, is that expected to sort of be a cash flow tailwind on, on the uh, finance cost side of things or, or are you guys mostly uh, hedged
4: there? It, it's Rob here, it's a good question. Um, we did have an existing hedge on 360 million, some swaps uh, on the existing ones that were refinanced. We did not close that hedge out. Um, but we did not add on any more swaps. So one hundred and forty million um, and most of the interest is uh, currently enjoying the tailwinds of the uh, the strengthening Canadian dollar. Um, i would I would say that those those swaps roll off at the end of the year in December, and we will be addressing um, our position on on fixing that uh, you know at some point here in the near term.
6: Okay, thank you. Uh, and just another question on on the debt. It's, it's sort of just uh, it's, it's a bit granular in terms of sort of uh, cost of capital. But I think it said uh, in, in the disclosures, you know, the interest rate uh, was five point one percent on the on the revolving facility. Um, I know that's sort of based on uh, uh, covenant uh, ratios and stuff like that. Is is it also based on the risk free rate? And with you know rates are kind of expected to trend upward, can we expect the weighted average you know pre-tax cost of debt on that uh, credit facility to sort
4: of increase you know it's based on a like a daily bank rate yeah. plus a fixed fixed amount uh, spread and I, I think any noticeable change in that will, will not be material yeah i i would, I would say it wouldn't be material at all okay thank you
6: uh, one last question uh, for me just looking at uh, sort of the outlook for industrial services on the commodity side uh, from what i could tell sort of looking at auto steel scrap prices they're very solid to stri- uh, start the year if you take that into account plus the, the recent acquisition is it reasonable to expect that the commodity based business on that side could be running numbers that are closer to kind of what they were in, in sort of uh, later in the year in 2018 when they were doing maybe maybe 12 to 14 million a quarter yeah,
2: um, I don't know if it'll be that much, but you're bang on. The Ferris pricing spot prices are very strong. And uh, with the acquisition, it's it's a very good outlook
6: for 2020. Very strong. Oh, 2021. 2021, sorry, wrong year. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's helpful. I'll turn the call back.
2: Yeah, I want to put 2020 behind me. Yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Your next question will be from Tim Monticello at ATB Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
8: Hi, Tim. Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey. Um, first question for you, just around the production disposal. Per- sorry, production-related disposal volumes—they were down quarter over quarter, which is sort of seemed counterintuitive to me, considering there's some, um, you know, shut-in production that's coming back online. I was curious if you could shed some light on that. Was there any one-time impacts, and and how are you seeing this production? related disposal volumes um, progressing into 2021?
4: It's Rob here, Tim. Quarter to quarter there there tends to traditionally be a reasonable amount of volatility there, but I think that that's at the higher end. We are seeing, you know, sequential increases in those volumes as well. um, Going forward, we had one facility that's been down as a result of an incident that occurred there that impacted it. But overall, um, particularly now that all of the oil sands uh, production is largely back online, and uh, the condensate uh, call is is back, um, it was pulling pulling drilling from from the Monty region, um, we think that those production uh, volumes will, will continue to be steady and and growing sequentially.
2: Yeah, okay. and I, you know that, that's what we're seeing here in the early parts of 2021. And you know the measurable market share on water data, if you, you look at that, that shows that we're we continuing to hold
5: strong and continuing to build.
8: Okay, I appreciate that. And there's a little bit of commentary in the NDNA around um, I guess that impairment and just sort of shuttering some of the facilities that weren't meeting economic thresholds. I'm curious how that's gonna impact the revenue profile of the energy services business.
4: It's going to be
5: accretive to our
4: EBITDA profile and our margin profile. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there? And,
8: and we, we just we there a pre-
4: top policy, Tim, where yeah. if the facility, on a on a sustained basis, isn't providing positive uh, cash flow, and/or is in a region where the ancillary facilities around it. Uh, Use it as a loss leader, things like that. Then, then, that facility will be shut down in short order. And yeah, and uh, you know we do that consistently to improve the business and, and increase the time.
2: Yeah, strategically, Tim, we look at all sites
4: um, all the
2: time. So, uh, you know, post uh, any capital uh, business has to be cash flow positive, and so you assess the market you assess where you are you assess where you play this is in the energy service side and if if it doesn't equal uh, value or accretion to us
5: we um consolidate shut down you know temporarily close that's what we do okay. all the time
8: were, were those facilities concentrated in a certain region or were they you know spread out throughout your your footprint uh, it's good big question. in are
4: quieter areas yeah. um you know we've been i think in the landfill portfolio there there's more landfills than are necessary, particularly in the busier areas and so when you reach a landfill cells you know completion and you have the choice whether or not to build the next cell um there's a number of them that are those and then in in the central South Alberta area. In southeastern Saskatchewan area, there's you know some of the more legacy areas where there's older facilities. Those are the
8: ones that that we're also focused on. Okay. Are there any other facilities that you're currently evaluating?
5: Well, we evaluate all facilities all the time.
2: But you're you're referring to are there any others we're going to close that we are thinking, Tim? Yeah. Um Yeah, we have a plan in our whole uh, portfolio of of. Uh, TRDs and caverns and landfills um, that we're always looking at so it's a, like a short-term plan and a three-year plan so in that plan we are looking at maximizing return on capital employed for our shareholders because that's our job so yeah I would uh, unless the market dramatically increases there, there will probably be more.
4: I mean there are there are some very positive things happening though as well like for instance We have uh, two landfills in northeastern BC, the only two there. Um, One of those we are planning on suspending because the the activity up there in in the deep basin was uh, was very very um, uh, low. Um, Just this year, the uh, the Oil and Gas Commission, the OGC of British Columbia, added a new regulation called the Dormancy and Shutdown Regulation Act. There is a significant amount of dormant and shutdown well. Uh, facility and soil in that area, so we are going to build a cell there this year as one of our growth projects, and expect that to be a substantial positive add to our to our uh, EBITDA in later this year once the cell is complete and into 2022. So, you know, things are going in both directions, and in this case, the regulations and and that and that's independent of and wouldn't be receiving the money from the. Uh, from the government AROL uh, program as well. So there's there's lots of puts and takes, but for the most part, you can just rely on us to ensure that the return on capital employed, the cash flow from every facility, yeah. and otherwise uh, strategic reason, those are the three things that we're always looking at. And if they don't check those boxes, then the facility is, is uh, either suspended or closed permanently.
8: Okay, those seem like decent KPIs to look at when you're managing your portfolio. Um, the, the guidance for twenty twenty one was you know largely unchanged or unchanged I should say uh you're still looking for eBITDA growth above and beyond twenty twenty when you exclude queues um, I mean crude oil commodity prices have you know improved significantly since that guidance was first issued. I'm curious where you think you know is there upside to that guidance in the in this environment
5: Yes, it
2: certainly is. I mean, it, it's early days. You got Our customers have got to um, bring those production volumes and drilling completions uh, solids to our facilities and other uh, issues, but it's early days, but certainly if it maintains, uh, yes,
4: the answer would be yes. I mean, in Northeastern BC, disposal infrastructure um, is at capacity and waste is overflowing into Alberta. Yeah. So there are very good signs that the current pricing environment is bringing good activity. Um, You know, the previous Q&A, you know, noted that steel and commodity prices are very good, and we are, you know, in our industrial business, or we've got a foothold from last year, and now we have good strong signs of new customer-backed opportunities in the uh, in the terrace um, and uh, kitimat areas. So you know, we're seeing really good. Uh, green sheets all around our, our uh, businesses, but again, like John said, you know, it's just uh, you know the beginning of March here. Um, if we get an extended break up, we'll have uh, a good good Q1, and then uh, we'll have to see how the second half of the year goes. But if it hangs in like this, it's going to be a very good year compared to last year.
8: Yeah. Okay. And then,
5: and then to add to that, our continued you know regular predictable growth in our industrial service line, kind of.
8: Okay, um, on a free cash flow basis, is it safe to assume that free cash should be up year over year? Yes okay um, and then just a sort of a follow up question on the on the metals pricing obviously, you know uh, a lot of metal pricing is at all time highs right now um a lot of that has to do with supply chain issues uh coming out of COVID. so I'm curious as, what what your internal view is on sort of long term Paris pricing is this just well, a blip or do you think uh um, something I, yeah i'm
5: not sure it'll stay at
2: these levels as you say it's all time high so but you know anything there's a certain pricing level that we feel comfortable with on a long-term planning perspective so it's, it's a very look our metals recycling and and that business is the company's highest return on capital employed business
6: um
2: so regardless, uh, and all these the, the, the strong pricing this year just adds to that. So, I, you know, I'd expect it to be strong this year. That's the studies that we know, the markets and the customers we speak to. You know, predicting it out two to three years, you know, that's a bit of a mugs game. I think we'd just say that we are very happy with our metals business and the pricing there. And we have internal methods to manage that price to the benefit of our
5: uh, shareholders.
4: So, you noted those supply chain issues, Tim. You know, if you look at the move to very, very large government programs to re, you know, update infrastructure, particularly in the United States, that are starting to unfold, and the pressure to purchase steel and other raw materials from the United States fabrication um, and production. Um, the current production of steel and other products. You know, is is not nowhere near enough to meet current demand in the United States. But that pressure to continue to buy local and increase capacity there, we think bodes very well for, yeah. the, for the strut metal business in, uh, in in Western Canada. And then as well with the new you know plants that are being built in the, in the Heartland there, in um just east Edmonton, and then the oil sand facilities all being at their peak capacity. You know, that 40-odd that, that billion dollars of maintenance capital that's spent every year, a significant part of that is just um, taking out old steel and refabbing and replacing it. And we take a lot of that steel and put it, back, it right back into the supply chain into clean steel again. So it's a very good, um, environmentally uh, appropriate process, at least in the steel supply chain. So it's it's a good business, and we feel very good about it.
8: Okay, great. And then just my, my final question here. Sorry if I'm... Uh monopolizing the call a little bit um but around the mainline acquisition um just notice that um you know there's an equity piece there do you expect to have that sort of same sort of composition in future acquisitions between cash and equity
2: uh yeah it's a tool that we're going to use and we're only going to do it if it's like uh you know um the math makes sense and, and that be accretive to both our debt diva targets
5: and uh, or free cash flow targets but yeah it's a tool that we'll use
8: okay great i'll turn it back appreciate it
1: thank you next question will be from keith mackey at rbc please go ahead
7: hi good morning everyone hello uh just a uh question first on the landfill volumes particularly remain uh with the remediation volumes they're up pretty strong quarter over quarter uh any particular reason that you can cite for this is it uh you know site uh reclamation related work or or just general general abandonment work that you that you do know of. uh
2: yeah it, I, it really answers both we are seeing the build up from the site rehabilitation program so it's uh, starting to come into our business and also from uh just general returns in the for two things general returns in the drilling completions business uh, to, on soil work but also general returns in the overall economy as projects were deferred from COVID and they're starting to come through so those three factors you know added up to it and as you know Tarbita has the largest no, uh, network of landfills and caverns in the western Canada basin so as it as the overall
5: economy increases in industrial and in energy we benefit so Got it. Okay, what uh, what should we be assuming or thinking about
7: for for your ARO spend uh, for 2021?
5: Um,
2: Rob, do you want to handle that? Can... You know, we
4: always guide to be in that uh, five to ten uh, million on average a year, and this year we expect to be sort of in the midpoint of that. <coughs> five to ten is a good number, though. Yeah. Got it. Okay.
7: <laughs> Thanks. And one last one. Um, have you seen any impact or, or noticed anything in the in the marketplace about producers uh, increasingly insourcing their own you know, production management or, or waste management needs, or or is the the volume trend mostly related to the market conditions you cited uh, cited earlier?
2: No, we haven't seen anything that's of significance material. That's always they're always looking at that. I mean, I think what you're doing is referring to the recent announcements of consolidation in that space and you know, our, our view is actually it's net positive impact in the industry as a whole. It strengthens uh, to, uh, to a stronger business p- uh, partners, although certainly a smaller number of customers. And with that, we can uh, deal in specific regions and focus uh, their efforts more in um, uh, selectively working with them on a cost of capital, if it makes sense. To expand their portfolio, so no, we don't. we don't. We don't really see it as a, as a kind of a,
4: an issue there. You, you know, Keith, if you think about what we've done the last <clears> four <throat> years, and we're, we're not drilling any more wells, but we drilled about six or seven wells, and we have significant excess capacity for water disposal at key points all the way through the all the way through the fairway where all of the active areas are, right from Kakwa, um, Southwapa, De La Glass. And then up into northeastern BC, we've now added well capacity in our Silverberry region. And because we have all of this extra capacity, it's usually backstopped and or it's currently producing high returns. We're able now to go to regional customers in those areas and say pipeline connect in us. Here's our price profile and beat what their own capital would be to drill their own well and build their own infrastructure. So having that infrastructure in place in this environment, can be very attractive. Greenfield, that's not going to happen, I think, either. Um, you know, producers are going to do their own. You, you saw, I think it was New Vista sold some capacity, so others are looking to actually sell their capacity. Um, and if you can do it in areas that are leveraged to your own facilities, you can do it at very accretively. Uh, but if you could do it in areas where you don't have facilities, then, then those generally are trading at prices that don't make sense for us. But so, overall, I'd say that trend to insource, um, which was very, very strong, 16, 17, 18, and into 19 is is flatlining, in our opinion. And we think that there's opportunities. Certainly, last year, we had a massive amount of water growth increase or market share you know, topped out at about 50% there for a little while for third party. And we're in the mid-40s. That's up, that's up over 10% year over year. So, um, we think what we've been doing has been to vary um effectively grab a lot of market share uh, but also to do it in a way that our customers are saving money and not not uh um
5: not motivated to do it themselves got it okay that's helpful uh,
7: just one follow up to that there wouldn't be any like change of control provisions on any of your customer-backed contracts or anything like that would there be
5: um not that I can recall. Yeah, I mean, it's but, a standard,
4: it's yeah, a standard, standard term to have a change control, that there would no be, there'd be no ability to cancel based on
5: that. Yeah, yeah, standard term, no ability to cancel, yeah. Not okay, thanks, uh, thanks for that. I'll turn it back.
1: Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question, please slowly press star followed by one on your touchstone phone. And your next question will be from John Gibson at BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
6: Hello, John. Good morning, all. Good morning. Um, congrats on the solid quarter here. Um, I just had one, it's more on your approach to M&A in 2021. Obviously we saw the mainline tuck in during late 2020. I'm just wondering if the, this approach has changed in terms of allocating capital to maybe growth, CapEx and energy services versus M&A in 2021. Uh, particularly given your comments around volumes in in northeast BC spilling over into Alberta, and just generally just uh, given the strong commodity price for run of late.
2: Yeah, you know, I guess standing back, our strategy is to to con- um, aggressively defend our energy services portfolio, and that you know the 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 um, northeast BC example is one one example of that. But longer term, we want to grow our industrial service business. Um, a bigger market. We're we're basically one of the stronger ones in um, um, energy services, and our market share candidly is quite is lower in the industrial service side. So we see expansion levels there. So over a longer term period, you know, we'll do it through our organic plan, which is really what we've done in the last four years. But there, you know, we will look at strategic acquisitions as they arise. I mean, that's an opportunistic. Uh, approach and we'll be prudent with it I mean this year we're going to lean
5: towards debt repayment but we don't want to shut the top tap off for opportunities so there you go okay, great great appreciate the color I'll turn it back
1: thank you next question will be from Jeff Fiddley at Peters and Co please go ahead
9: Good morning everyone just a couple of quick follow-ups um, the impairment question earlier did you take any impairment on facilities that are still operating? No. And, and how many facilities would make up that impairment charge in Q4? Oh, gee. I don't know off the top of my head, Jeff. We, we may have to get back to you on that. And even Linda, would you know? Estimation.
5: Linda? Or? I don't know if Linda can...
3: Sorry, John. Right. Uh, just looking for the mute button um it, it was a handful so it was it was spread over a number um i'm i'm going to guess between 5 and 10 um and uh it would have been uh in some cases it wasn't full um impairment it would have been you know certain um areas had been partially uh impaired in in the past as they were suspended, and this would have been a decision to to complete so it's not don't be thinking in terms of a full five to ten impair- um shutdown. it was more of a the um the impairment was spread across multiple uh facilities
9: okay and on the capital spending side. The thirty or thirty five million that's not growth capital what portion of that would be expansion
5: uh about a
9: third and I know you referenced the landfill cell in b c um How many other uh expansion projects or landfills do you expect to put capital into? Potentially one or two, but it, it's it's not totally determined yet. Okay, so one or two, are, one or two beyond the BC one. Yeah, and we're also tying in. There's a pipeline. Yeah.
4: into from a well we drilled in, into our facility in one of our south GP uh, facilities. That pipeline's complete, but it uh, it had a pretty
5: pretty decent spend here in Jan just just tied it up.
9: And last question, um, the landfill, just to follow up to the landfill piece. So, the remediation component, as you said, you've seen some initial SRP impact. What is your line of sight or visibility for the impact of SRP in 2021, both within landfill but also industrial?
2: Yeah, uh, it is starting. I mean, we're, um, I guess, two, two things. We're starting to see it on our environmental service project side. Uh, mostly Jeff to the last half the later part of this year although we are seeing some in the uh, this this time um, and then on the disposal side that you just talked about so part of our plans this year is is to capture our fair share of that market and we we are and we think it'll continue into next year pretty strongly Jeff and you know I actually think the program will be extended but that's just John Cooper's view but yeah, we 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 are we are. It's uh, starting to to come. It's good good to see. You know, of course, mostly in Alberta, but we're also sort of seeing in the, the other two provinces, BC, is Saskatchewan as well.
9: Even just ballpark order of magnitude, is is SRP impact across your businesses likely to be several fold larger in 2021 than 2020, or am I over? Yeah, well, it'll, it'll be it.
2: Yeah, it'll be quite a bit bigger than 2020,
4: definitely. Okay. And I think you heard me mention Jeff. And in addition to the SRP, there's these new regulations in BC, which also provide us with some very strong tailwinds. Unrelated to that, because uh, you know it requires people to spend. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the SRP is a shared spend. So if you weren't going to do it anyways, you're not going to allocate incremental capital to that or incremental spending. Um, but this this is a new regulation that requires them to do it um within five years of a site being suspended, and there is a ton of, uh, that have been suspended for a lot longer than that. so the the catch up is going to be um, a very good tailwind for facilities in northeastern BC.
9: Last question on the balance sheet side. from your perspective today, what is the right leverage ratio or target range? So, but this item we're, we're still in that
5: two
4: to two and a yeah. half range Jeff. yeah you know when we were asked about that tuck in a main line I think you know you'd find that the cash component of that was in that range so you know we're very much uh, reluctant to go outside that range when making uh, you know decisions that um, would have us spending money in this environment because our preference would be to deliver and that's how you know, we do deliver when we do that transaction and, and we're delivering to our target two to two and a half.
2: Yep. It stays at two to
9: two and a half. And so it's safe to say that while you're still above that range, you'll continue to prioritize yep. the debt oh, yeah. and payment side versus oh. the growth side.
5: Yep. Oh yeah. Yep.
9: Okay. Great. Thanks for the color, guys.
5: Thanks, Jeff.
1: Thank you. And at this time, we have no further questions. Mr. Cooper, please proceed.
5: Okay, thank you, operator.
2: Uh, We really appreciate taking the time to speak to you today and we look forward to our next conference call. Please be uh, safe and healthy.
6: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines.